The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about sleep and weight management. According to the CDC, adults need seven or more hours of sleep per night for the best health and well-being. Research has shown that adults who sleep less than seven hours each night are more likely to have health problems and raise the risk of heart attack and stroke and even weight gain. In this episode, we are going to talk about how we can better sleep, lose those stubborn pounds, and live a life of health and wellness. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now, here's your host, Vicki Doe and D. Banks Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe, and with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks Bright. How are you today? Vicki Doe, what you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yes been a minute. Yes, it's been a minute. And like you said, and I have said, we are hot and bothered only for a minute because you know how Ohio is. (laughs) I know. I know, right? Yes. I know. It'll get us for a minute. And then the next thing you know, we'll blink, and it's it's what September, October. I know. I, it'll mm-hmm. be here before you know it. It will be here before yeah. we know it. Yes, it will. Yeah. yeah. I am glad though that we took the time. We we are back today, so it's going to be a great I show. I know. Yes. It's going to be a really good show. This is episode two hundred and thirty-four, and today we talk about sleep and its connection with weight management. Now, according to the CDC, adults need seven or more hours of sleep per night for the best health and well-being. Now, short sleep duration is defined as less than seven hours of sleep per 24-hour period. And so the question is, and I'm asking everyone, do you get enough sleep? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't think I do, but you know. I know I don't. Yeah. But yeah, do we get enough sleep? In fact, about 35% of U.S. um, adults are sleeping fewer than seven hours most nights. And research has shown that adults who sleep less than seven hours each night are more likely to say that they have had health problems. And that includes heart attack, asthma, and depression. And some of these health problems raise the risk for heart disease, heart attack, and stroke. Recent research has shown the connection of weight gain and the lack of adequate sleep. Short sleep has been repeatedly linked to a higher body mass index, BMI, and weight gain. One analysis of 20 studies, including 300,000 people, found a 41% increased obesity risk among adults 
who slept fewer than seven hours per night. In contrast, sleep was not a factor in the development of obesity in adults who slept longer. That means seven to nine hours per night. Can you imagine sleeping nine hours? No. <laughs> I, 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 I have trouble sleeping three. I'm up and down. And then the bad thing about it is I get on Amazon and order a bunch of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> something that's something (laughs) well there it is there it is right in this episode though we are going to talk about a few key ways that you can get better sleep to help lower your risk your risk of weight gain or better yet to help you lose weight and we can't wait to get started so what do you say d I'm looking forward to this. Yes, definitely. Yes, this is going to be a great show. Now, folks, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. It's all about health and fitness. Vicky Doe Fitness on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or on any of the platforms that you listen to your podcast. When you subscribe, you will be notified first when we post a new show. You will be able to listen, learn, and experience our shows where we bring in guests and talk about the things that are important for our health and our well-being and talk about things that are important to our community. As you know, we do not. We do not just talk about, you know, physical health, but we talk about things that we can do to preserve our mental health as well because we believe, we believe in total well-being having a holistic approach to healthy living. So make sure you do not miss any of our shows and subscribe today. And last but not least, go on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, rate this show, because that is how we grow and increase our listeners, and we definitely appreciate you. Now, don't forget, folks, don't forget, don't forget to check out our resources page, vickidofitness.com forward slash resources and there you will find products and services that will be helpful to you as we embrace a life of health and fitness. We have a variety of items on our resources list for you to check out and try. We have Reebok. In fact, I I, I pulled out my Reebok shoes today, my favorite shoes that I use when I go to to the gym and lift a few weights. We have Robbie Parker, Polar, I got my Polar watch on, you know, my fitness tracker, I Remedy Healthcare. Yes, we still have to go and order masks. You can do that through I Remedy Healthcare. Cardia, Cardia by uh, Alive Core, that's an app where you can test your EKG. You can do your heart rhythms and send it to your physician. We have the right stuff. That's a medical supplies for your caregiver. That's on that page as well. Art of Tea, you know I love tea. They have wonderful tea, Art of Tea, that you can, you know, go on there and get tea sent to you monthly. Layla Sleep. That's a mattress, mattress, sleep. They got all kinds of things on that website and much, much more. But let's talk about Layla's sleep, Layla's memory foam. They have mattresses, and I'm going to talk about 
two of them. They got the memory phone and they have the hybrid mattress. Both of them are the only copper infused mattresses that you can flip for firmness. They call it flippable firmness. Why? Because you have two firmness levels in one mattress and you have two choices to find the right fit. Why? One side is soft and if you you know, you're not the kind, I'm not the kind that sleep on soft mattresses. I have to be firm. So mm-hmm. right. I know, right? So then I flip mm-hmm. it. You can flip it and be on the firm side, you know, and there you go. You have two comfort levels in one. Now we talk about copper. Copper is better. Why? Copper infused mattresses, copper sleeps cooler, cleaner, and it's more supportive under deep compression so that when you wake up, you don't feel twisted and the memory foam conforms to your body. You have increased support for your frame, your hips, your shoulders, and your back. And as we all know, with a good mattress, you will have better sleep. And so make sure, guys, make sure you check out these copper-infused mattresses. Go to our resources page, vikidofitness.com forward slash resources or go directly to website using our link, www.vikidofitness.com forward slash Layla Sleep. Layla is spelled L-A-Y-L-A Sleep. All right. And remember, folks, remember when you use any of the affiliate links to buy any of the products and services on our resources page, you are supporting us here at Vikido Fitness. And as always, what do we say, D? Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. All right. Well, D, yes, my week was busy, you know. And like we said, you know, it has been, I mean, we've been having hot weather up in the upper oh, 80s and 90s, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, it's been sweltering yes it has but but like we always say and you always say let's enjoy it while we can right (laughs) it'll be snowing in about eight weeks it'll be snowing we got to enjoy it we We got to enjoy it we got to enjoy yes we do i got my little garden going you know so i've been kind of enjoying the 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 sunshine a little bit but you know the older you get you know the sun is kind of you know you got to make sure you're hydrated and all the stuff that you talk about too i've noticed that i have to drink a lot more water oh big time big time yes Mm -hmm. so that we can stay hydrated right right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so speaking of hot i'm getting ready like i told you before we started the show we got to go to hot lamb Uh we got to go to hot lamb yeah that and I'm going right after you the weekend of July the 30th and you know it's going to be extra hot Lanta. it's going to be hot as hell that's it mm-hmm. <laughs> some people some people always ask you know because I was born and raised in Atlanta they were like oh are you uh, going to go back and live in Atlanta I said oh, I always have to think about that I don't mind going and visiting and staying a while but <sighs> I, I I don't know if I I'm do it. yeah I don't know if I'm get back it. used to that smug it's, uh-uh. oh it's just, it's uh uh-uh. uh because at least here we know that the end is in sight shortly mm-hmm. there the end is not in sight for many many months you got to endure that stuff for many many months for many many months uh-uh. yes uh-uh. no I uh-uh. can't do it. So No, I can't do it either. <laughs> Even North Carolina, which is a little bit farther north than Hotlanta, 
it's still hot when I go down there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so more power yeah. to them. More power to them. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. But, yeah, that's I what know. I'll be doing. So how was your week then? How was your week? It was pretty good. I worked last week, but I've been going to Blossom. I went to Blossom twice and, you know, one week after the other. It's very nice going out there. You know, you can sit out on the grass and take a picnic and listen to some music and just kind of get away. And there really have not been a lot of people out there. You know, you're able to sit on the grass and social distance and people are still wearing masks and just sit back and listen to the Cleveland Orchestra. That's kind of what I've been doing. Oh, wow. really kind of relaxing. Mm -hmm. When is that? Very, very relaxing. Um, so we've been going on I went July the 4th, okay. and then uh, there was a concert last Sunday okay. uh, with a guest conductor and a, a violinist playing Scheherazade by Rimsky Korsakoff and some other music, but it's the summer Cleveland Orchestra group. And it's really interesting because people really take it seriously. They come out, okay. and there's a couple that... Um, We've been going out with sometimes, and they break out their table and wow! And, and they have a table and tablecloths, Vicky, and glasses and all this stuff like a formal dinner, you know, and really good food. And I'm like, this is cool. They for real. You know, all kinds of wines and stuff like that. Yeah, they bring it out on a great big buggy. I said, okay, I can do this. This is nice. So yeah, but it's just really nice, especially if the Weather is nice, you know, yes. it doesn't rain, and like I say, pretty much people are respectful of your distance, and that's why I prefer to go out there with those for those concerts as opposed to those, you know, rock concerts where everybody's up on top of each other. I, I'm just not ready for that. I know, I know. Well, that's <laughs> a know. good thing, though. That's nice. I got to think about yeah, that yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, blossom, blossom. It's just really nice for a nice Sunday or Saturday to get your schedule and see who's on and just drive out there, and just you can park. It's easy, and just take your little little picnic thing with you, and spread a blanket over there. And I prefer to sit there. Now they have a pavilion with chairs, uh-huh. but a lot of people don't sit down there. You come out there for the picnic atmosphere. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. That sounds so something good. to do. Something yeah. to do. Yeah. So I'll definitely remember do. that because yeah. I think they're open yeah. all the way to what October or September, something like uh, that. September. 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 Okay. Yeah, uh, Labor Day. Okay, okay, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that'll be something to do. Okay. Yeah. yeah All right definitely, then. Definitely. Well, what is going on this week, D? Everything, Vicky. <laughs> Everything. Everything. I have to say, I, I kind of lost interest in Wimbledon. I know you did too. And oh, yeah. Was one, so, yeah. I mean, I just, I couldn't. When mm-hmm. Coco lost, I was like, and then when Tiafo lost, yeah. I was like, oh. Well, I was out. Okay. I was out. Yeah. I was, I was out. <laughs> now, when Coco was gone and then TFO left, I'm out. I'm out. Look, I'm out. and then the dog, because he, he got injury and stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm Nate, he was, a, he was a trooper. He would, say, he would say, oh, yeah, you're not looking at women? Then? Uh, no. <laughs> but he uh, looked at it yeah story. yeah yeah really? yeah he yeah, kept up story, yeah. I just, I no. yeah i lost interest no. too yeah oh well <laughs> yeah. oh well next year yeah i know right <laughs> next year next year that's it well we got you know mm-hmm. we got all this stuff going on most especially since the supreme court you know they uh-huh. they um poo poo 
sued and struck down yeah. Roe versus Wade. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on. But what I thought was interesting, did you see about the FDA to review the no. first? Uh, yeah. No, the first. Tell me about that. The first oh. ever over-the-counter birth control pill. Mm-hmm. 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 And so the company, Perigo Company, and they said this on Monday, that was what, June 11th, so just this Monday, it's unit HRA Pharma has asked the U.S. Food and Drug Administrator, uh, FDA, to approve a daily birth control pill for over-the-counter sale. And the first such request for this type of contraception. The application, I know, the application from the HRA comes on the back, of course, the U.S. Supreme Court's decision in June to overturn the 1973 um, Roe v. Wade case that legalized abortion nationwide. And so the contraceptive is currently, we know, a prescription drug. So under brand Opio, the HR Pharma expects the regulator to hold an advisory committee meeting and approve the application in the first half of 2023. So a period of about 10 months is typical for such approval requests, said, uh, I think it's Frederick uh, Wellgren and HRA Pharma's chief strategic operations and innovation officer. And so Wellgren said, the timing is a bit coincidental. We have been working on that application for the last seven years, which I thought was interesting. Oh, yeah. Very. So the FDA declined to comment on the submission. Meanwhile, AFAT Abassi Hoskins, who's the president of the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, said the submission was a positive. And so this is what he said. We know that birth control is not a solution to abortion bans as people need abortion care for many reasons. Hoskins added that the pill could still help more people to control their own reproductive futures. Currently, the the only contraceptive drugs available for women without a prescription are the emergency um, oral pills that can be taken within three days after having having unprotective sex. Abortion. Are they trying to outlaw those too, Vicky? Yeah. That's what I thought I had heard. Okay. Yeah. Abortion rights activists have stepped up calls to make the what is it malfipristone prestone is that what's it called mm-hmm. uh-huh. that pill is that what it's called which is uh-huh. in com- uh-huh. mm-hmm. which in combination with was it misoprostol uh-huh. is that what it's called induces an abortion up to 10 weeks into a pregnancy and that's available over the counter the non-estrogen um, opioid has been used with prescriptions since it was FDA approved in 1973. Perigo said, scientific evidence has shown progestin-only pills such as opioid are effective at preventing pregnancy and safe for most women to use. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on now. They're trying to get it approved that they have yeah. the pill. You can, you know, instead of having to go and get right. a prescription from your physician you can just go over the counter and buy it so my question though is if you have those take those pills and it causes an abortion up to 10 weeks you 
still have to get a DNC, Dickie. I know. So are the physicians going to be willing to do a DNC for a, a post-abortion? You know, I think that's where it gets to be sticky wicked. Yeah, um, the, the, yeah. The prevention of the pregnancy things are well and good. Um, because what they do is they they prevent the lining so that if the if you if there's a fetus or whatever it's not conducive to attaching to the uterus and then that's where that happens. But if you have an abortion, then you have you know and you expel the fetus or whatever. You got to have a DNC after that. So what doctor would you find? And you you have to go to the doctor because retained yes. retained parts of, can cause septic shock and people can die from that. So that's, that's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Very oh, it's, it's definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And I see there are a lot of judges, even in some of these southern states. I'm shocked. Mm-hmm. Louisiana, I saw yesterday, I saw a judge was had blocked an abortion ban in some capacity. So I'm like, okay, well, these people have to understand that women vote. Yes, and they women do. are going to be voting mm-hmm. in, uh, mm-hmm. in November. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's one thing that all women, no matter race, creed, color, whatever, you don't mess with our reproductive rights. Yeah, yeah. And then and then it's a family thing, you know, if you got a, a husband or a partner or whatever, it's a family yes. thing. You know, it's it not is. just a woman. I mean, so. No, you know, and if you have an unwanted pregnancy or whatever your beliefs are, it does become a family issue, you know, between the significant other or whatever, what have you. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it just... Well, you know, we knew it was coming, but we I just did I, I just kept saying, No, they're not gonna do that. No, and but then I'm like I just keep finding myself doing, Yeah, they did it, yeah, yeah, they did it. Yeah, and it's gonna be it's posing a lot of stuff too, a lot of problems that I said you maybe know, they didn't think that through. I don't think they thought that through. I really don't. Women can band together and do a lot of things, you know, if they get their minds to it. Yeah, and then here's the thing, though, that, you know, it's just human nature. People think that when people talk about pro-life or pro-choice or whatever that, you you know, even if you pro-choice, you want people to have abortion. No, that's not it. The point is, across the board, you should be able to choose whether you are for life or whatever circumstances you are, period. It has nothing to do with all that other stuff. Period. Exactly. Exactly. Because some people Mm -hmm. choose to make sure they have the baby. That's that's their choice. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, that's the part that, that bothers me where people think that if you pro-choice or if you this that you just want people to have abortion no it's a lot of pro-choice no. people that you know right. you want people to make sure that they have the baby if they can but that's not exactly. the point the point is exactly. choosing it should be an right. individual choice right i mean i just was reading here just a few minutes ago that they are charging that man who impregnated that 10 year old mm. and she couldn't even get an abortion she couldn't even get an abortion in ohio now you know i don't know you know maybe some people would have let her go through it or whatever what have you i'm not trying to hear the past judgment or whatever but that could have been detrimental to a 10 year old's life oh big time they're not you ready they're not ready to mess her up anatomically. The oh, big time. Been incontinent the rest of her life or had a big hair or developed preeclampsia and all of that. And she's just a baby. I mean, it was awful. So yeah, but, she had to go out of the state of Ohio. Yeah, but that just told you that 
most most of them are not thinking that they don't think that they're, they're not, not thinking this they don't through. care about they're yeah not thinking this through. No, yeah they don't care no, about that so, no. yeah this is we're gonna have to see how this shakes out so we'll see right yeah Yep, definitely. We shall see. Well, you know, every show we always try to have at least a health tip going on. And so today, since it is hot out there, the health tip is when training heats up. And this is a health tip that is written in the Idea Fitness Journal. And it says, when training heats up, experts caution about cardiovascular risk in extreme heat events. Extreme heat waves are increasing in frequency, thanks in part to climate change. In addition to heat stroke, experts caution about other heightened risks that can occur when training in extreme heat, particularly for those with pre-existing cardiovascular conditions. Although we don't yet fully understand the reasons, people with cardiovascular disease are at greater risk of hospitalizations and death during extreme heat events. And this was said by the senior study author, Daniel Gagnon, a PhD researcher at the Montreal Heart Institute and School of Kinesiology and Exercise Science, University of Montreal, Quebec. It is likely that heat exposure increases myocardial oxygen needs. Preventive strategies include paying attention to extreme heat warnings, identifying signs of heat stress, drinking adequate amounts of fluid, and seeking air-conditioned environments. Alternatives to air conditioning include using an electric fan, wetting the skin, and emerging, emerging your feet into the tap water. And I thought that was interesting because I never thought about feet. I know we always talk about the whole body, but just putting uh-huh. your, your feet, putting it under running tap water is something. Isn't that something? Uh-huh. More research is needed to identify safe environmental limits for outdoor exercise in individuals with heart disease. This review is published in the Canadian Journal of Cardiology. So, yeah. Uh, and, wow. and I always think, you know, when I see people, you know, running, they out there running and it's about 90 degrees. I'm like, what is wrong with them? I, I don't know. I know. You know, it's I can crazy. see in the morning or then even, no, it, it, it'll it be like 11 and 12 o'clock and they're up there yeah, running. Football player just died. Football player just died of a heat stroke. Really? There was an article in the paper. I said, guess who he was? Yeah, they just did an autopsy on him. They just came out yesterday. Yeah, he um, had a heat stroke. And, you know... There was that story about that. I can't remember his name. He was from Warren, and he played for one of the big, yes. uh, one of the big NFL teams. And these guys are always, you know. I remember when my son was in the military. Mm-hmm. That one of the things that the Marines do extremely well, although they, you know, work you to death out there, mm-hmm. you have to be. They they force make you drink. Here it is. His name is Marion Barber. Okay. He died of a heat stroke, and he was with. The trying to see which okay. team he was with. Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Wow. You know, a lot of times they don't make these guys. They don't drink the water and the fluid stuff because that's that's what causes these problems. And so you're right. Why, why on earth are they out there running? What do they have to? Eat? I know. I want to encourage everyone to drink, drink water, hydrate mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. And yeah. if it's hot, 
take shade. Don't be out there in that yeah. board. But yeah, no, it's not worth it. Makes no sense at all. No, not at all. Makes no sense. Okay, D, what's the latest? You got a lot to tell us well, today. Well, just when we think that we are, it's safe to come out of the water like Jaws, <laughs> we have monkeypox. So here's an article that came out about a week ago from Dr. Monica Gandhi, who's an infectious disease specialist, and I like to read her article. Okay. About a week and a half ago, the CDC panel discussed whether smallpox vaccines should be offered more widely as a preventive measure against monkeypox. The panel made no, made no decision, but getting those shots into patients' arms, and particularly gay and bisexual men's arms, is an urgent matter. Since May 13th, more than 3,300 cases of monkeypox have been reported in 58 countries where the disease was not previously thought to be endemic, including the United States. The CDC is reporting at least 172 cases here. Before this outbreak, monkeypox had only been reported in recent times in West and Central Africa on people going to that area. The new cases are occurring on all inhabited continents, mainly among men who have sex with men. The United States is underreacting to the monkeypox outbreak, given that a vaccine is available for the infection and can be targeted toward the people most at risk. Public health authorities and health care providers need to move more quickly and forcefully to change the outbreak's trajectory. Monkeypox is related to smallpox the only human virus that has been eradicated. A highly effective smallpox vaccine has been licensed in the United States for use against monkeypox, and data from Africa suggests it's 85% effective in preventing monkeypox. On June the 1st, the CDC updated its recommendations to say that the smallpox vaccine called Genios is a preferred post-exposure prophylaxis for healthcare workers and others who have had close contact with monkeypox people, patients. United States has about 36,000 doses in its stockpile and expects 300,000 additional doses in the coming weeks. So by now, Mm -hmm. it needs to purchase more and should offer the vaccine to all men who have sex with men at risk of exposure. Canada just signed a $56 million deal with the manufacturer of Genio's vaccine, and Quebec has started offering the vaccine to all men who have sex with men. The U.K. is expanding its vaccination campaign to offer shots to gay and bisexual men at the highest risk. New York Department of Health announced the opening yesterday of a clinic in Chelsea that will offer the vaccine, again, to men who have sex with men who have had multiple partners in the last 14 days. So when the coronavirus spread in 2020, we lacked an effective vaccine. So government required masks, social distancing, ventilation, testing, and contact tracing to try to minimize transmission until the vaccines arrive. The world is not at the same disadvantage with monkeypox. We have a vaccine, and our current attempts to test and contact trace our way out of this epidemic are failing. A swift targeted vaccine campaign, one that identifies Americans at risk and persuades them to get a shot, is far more likely to stop the monkeypox outbreak. So my comment on that is that we're always behind the gun. I mean, uh-huh. we're always a day late and a dollar short. And we didn't have a vaccine for COVID. We do now, and we know that there, you know, this is another thing I want to say. It's now, we're, we're, we're also, we don't want, one thing that's going around is LGBT prejudice and bias. Okay. And so I don't want to say that 
it does occur in other segments of the population. But men who have sex with men, that population is certainly at great risk from what we know. And they should be having a big campaign to give vaccinations. But again, you know, again, it's going to be another one of those health care disparity things. Mark my word, you heard it here on July the 13th. Yes. That people of color are going to be the last ones to get this vaccine or to have it offered to them. Bam. I'm just going to go out there and say it. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Wow. So, but they do have the vaccine for... They do. We do have a vaccine. We're up to about 300,000 doses right now. Okay. And I was talking to a girlfriend of mine who works at the CDC. We are adequately supplied with monkeypox vaccine. Okay. But do they even talk about monkeypox? No. No. Okay. No. And you don't hear any campaigns on television. Why aren't they advertising this on television? That's what... Or social media. I don't see anything on social media. Nothing. I don't see anything on television, nothing. So I'm just saying, where is the campaign? There's no campaign. Wow. Okay. All right. So anything else for us? So that's the latest. Then the last thing, COVID. Okay. The B5 variant, sub-variant, is the new kid on the block now. And it appears that the two booster shots that we took are probably not going to keep us from getting it. And the thing of it is, though, if you get it, you know, the chances of you being hospitalized and having death are low. But I do want to tell everybody, hospitalizations, now we haven't seen it with death, but hospitalizations with COVID are on the uptick. And this is as of July 13, 2022. I think you're honey sweet because we work in the same hospital. Mm-hmm. I've seen that too, and I know we're on some of the same patients. So there's an uptick in hospitalizations now with COVID. So beware. Okay. Wow. So back to definitely wearing Wear our masks. Mask. Yeah, wearing Wear our masks. Mask. Yep. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. Yep. That's it. Well, thank you, Dee. Thank you. You are welcome. You're welcome. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Vicki Haywood-Doe. I just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show. It's the company I own, Haywood-Doe Consulting Co., doing business as Vicky Doe Fitness. We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology-based fitness wellness programs, initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare professionals based out of Northeast Ohio, and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, Get in touch with us at info at to find out more about our own site and online programs and services. Go to vikidofitness.com. And now back to the show. Well, today we are talking about, we're talking about the connection of adequate sleep and weight management. And so how many hours of sleep do you get daily? That's the question. Well, research has shown that about 35% of U.S. adults are sleeping fewer than seven hours most nights. 
Adults who sleep less than seven hours each day are more likely to say that they have had some type of health problems. That means, you know, heart attack, asthma, depression. And so today, I just want to talk about ways that a person, you, can get a good night's sleep. You can get a good night's sleep and think about how that having adequate sleep can help you lose weight and manage your weight. And so the reason that we're talking about it, let's talk about the science behind sleep and weight loss. So why is it that lack of sleep keeps us from losing weight? Well, like we said, most of us do not get enough sleep. And we know that at least 35% of us as adults are sleeping fewer than seven hours. You know, those who sleep less than seven hours each night, you know, are going to have health problems or may have health problems. A lot of them do. The research out there has shown that, guess what? There's a connection of weight gain and lack of adequate sleep. Short sleep... Those of us that get short sleep, that's less than seven hours, right? Short sleep has been repeatedly linked to weight gain, a higher BMI. And the latest research is showing that for those folks that have that sleep, that short sleep, they're having difficulty losing weight as well. There's a study, a small study that was done 2013, found that healthy adults who only slept for five hours per night for five nights gained an average of a pound, 1.8 pound, close to what? Two pounds. All right. So yes, and you do that over time. Yes, you will be um, at risk of becoming overweight. And so here's an overview of the science, you know, how our sleep habits, they can affect, they relate to our ability to lose weight and how sleep deprivation impacts our appetite. What can we do? What can we do to have healthy sleep, you know, hygiene? How can we sleep better? And so we're going to talk about that right now. We see that research has shown that if we sleep fewer than the recommended. So, yeah, the question is, what is the recommended hours of, you know, sleep that we're supposed to get each night? And that's at least seven to nine hours. That's a lot. Nine hours? Oh, my God. I can't. Yeah, that's a lot. I know, right? <laughs> yes. We're supposed to at least at least get seven or more hours a night because if we don't, it might increase our risk for weight gain and obesity. And according to the CDC, adults ages 18 to 60 should aim. We should get at least seven or more hours each night. And this amount increases seven to nine hours of sleep for those ages 61 to 64 and older. So a lack of sleep may increase your desire to eat high-calorie foods. That's one of the reasons why we have weight gain, right? So lack of sleep has been shown to increase our desire to eat high-calorie foods, and it decreases our desire to resist them. So when you're sleep-deprived, the body responds by making more ghrelin, and we'll talk about that, ghrelin and less leptin. And these are appetite hormones. And because we have more ghrelin, it causes us to overeat. 
eating food. Yeah, I've heard about that, Grandlin. I'm interested to hear about that. Yes. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. eating few calories, you know, that's our first step. You know, we, in order mm-hmm. to lose weight, you have to control your portion control, your calories, and all of that mm-hmm. because that's the goal. But research has shown that the main two appetite hormones that regulate and control that are ghrelin and leptin. Huh. Yes, and they can become out of balance, and you may find yourself consuming more food than your body needs. So ghrelin, that's the hormone that increases appetite by signaling that's the signal it goes when you're you're you're, there's an increase in ghrelin that means there's a increase in hunger cravings right in your brain and that that's what regulates you tells you look i'm hungry let me go eat so that's an increase of that hormone ghrelin leptin on the other hand it does the opposite it suppresses hunger. So when you get full and you're satisfied, that has an increase of lifting. So it's a balance between between the two. An increase of ghrelin means that, you know, it, it stimulates you to have those signals of hunger and causes you to want to eat. Leptin, an increase in leptin suppresses the hunger and it signals that you are full to the brain okay now when you're asleep deprived your body responds by making more ghrelin and less leptin so therefore you are prompt to overeat and that makes sense you know when you are stressed out stress does the same thing when you're stressed out or you haven't slept you want to (laughs) eat right Go and raid that refrigerator. That's exactly it. In fact, an older 2004 study found that ghrelin levels were about 14.9% higher in people who slept shorter durations than those who got enough sleep. And the study hmm. findings also showed that the leptin levels, that remember leptin suppresses hunger and tells you, yes, you're full, don't eat anymore. Those levels hmm were 15.5% lower in the group with less sleep. So the results from a small, another study, 2016 randomized control study found that a lack of sleep can increase your desire to eat not only more, but the high calorie foods. And we talked about that here uh, Vicky Doe Fitness, I talk about crush your cravings, and I talk about these high-calorie foods, which are laden with fat, salt, and sugar, right? So with lack of sleep increases your desire to eat these type of foods. And guess what? It decreases your ability to resist them. So that's why your, your cravings increase from lack of sleep, and then you can't resist, right? <laughs> wow. So, researchers also found that less sleep altered levels of the endocannabinoid, which are chemical signals that affect your appetite and your brain's reward system. Meaning, yes, when you eat the food, you're supposed to be satisfied. That signal uh, of fullness supposed to go to your brain. And therefore, you stop eating. You're satisfied, you know. But, yeah, less sleep alters that. This was more notable on the days in this particular study 
that participants were sleep deprived. Okay, when endocannabinoid levels were higher, were both higher and lasted longer, and this happened with the participants who were sleep deprived, particularly in the afternoon, okay? Let's get to exercise. Exercise, as we know, is critical. It's a critical component to losing weight, right? And, mm -hmm. of course, that, you know, that's what you're going to do. That's a part of your goal for you to stay healthy. But if you're not sleeping enough, you definitely do not have the energy to get moving and to exercise. Although research on sleep loss and energy expenditure is lacking, there's not a lot of research out there for that, even though they are doing that now. I have a colleague that really years ago, she did a a lot of research on sleep deprivation and exercise. Huh. Yes. Huh. But yes, there's um, research out there, but it does say that, you know, being sleepy and fatigued tend to increase sedentary behavior. That makes sense. And this in turn likely leads to less exercise and physical activity. Sleeping is important so that you can have energy to exercise as well. And as we right. keep saying over and over again, one thing that we want to stress to everyone is to get enough sleep because inadequate sleep is associated with an increased risk of obesity. Just being obese, you know, being overweight can lead to reduced sleep quality. That's where we have, you know, cases of sleep apnea, you know, you, uh -huh. you, you can't sleep well when you're, you, you know, overweight, snoring. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a lot of things that associate it with reduced sleep quality just because you are overweight as well. But here we go. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about how some tips for you to have what is called healthy sleep hygiene or for you to just get good sleep. And so, yes, it's important since we know that sleep is important. It is important for us to develop those healthy sleep habits so that we can fall asleep. You know, some people cannot fall asleep. They have, they suffer from insomnia and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. They can't fall asleep. They can't stay asleep mm -hmm. through the night. Mm -hmm. And so here are some tips to maybe help with that. We have to develop what is called a nightly routine that includes time for relaxing activities right before you go to bed, taking a bath, listening to music or reading, you know, taking the time to read. I always suggest writing in a journal, you know, sort of kind of winding down before anything else. <laughs> <laughs> It depends on... I'm oh. just asking. What else? <laughs> it depends. Keep going, my sister. It depends on <laughs> what kind of sex you might have. You might have... <laughs> Do you have to relax? I'm not talking about hanging out the window. Right. Okay, I get it. <laughs> Do you have relaxation sex or hyped up sex? Okay. <laughs> I just thought somebody might add. That's it. That's it. All right. <laughs> so one of the things that you can do is you can turn your bedroom into a healthy sleeping environment by dimming the lights and setting the thermostat, too. And, oh, man, that's one thing, too. Nate and I go back and forth because he likes a lot of heat. 
can't sleep in a room that's oh, hot. Yeah, you yeah know. I can't either. No. No. So you, you uh-uh. have to, the ideal sleep te- temperature is um, 65 degrees. It has to be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool yeah. in there. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Number two, aim to get out of bed in the morning and go to sleep at night around the same time each day. So, huh. you know, yeah, so you got to get that habit, that routine, you know. So you, if you get up at, at, at 6 in the morning, get up at 6 in the morning. If you go to sleep mm. at, at 11, try to go to sleep at 11 or 10 o'clock every night and get that mm. routine. Number three, oh. turn off the electronics. Now, that's my yeah, bad. Yeah, that's, that's my <laughs> That's mine. That's my bad thing. Right. Turn off electronics, including your phone, the television and computer, at least 60 minutes. That's an hour before bedtime. You know, so Mm -hmm. that's one thing that we have to do as well. Number four, in the evening hours, avoid caffeine, alcohol and large meals with a high fat content. And we always say, mm-hmm. at least try to cut down on that. Give yourself at least two hours before you go mm-hmm. to sleep, two to three hours before mm-hmm. you go to sleep. Number five, mm-hmm. reduce the stress levels through mindfulness meditation. Do some deep breathing exercise and other relaxation exercises before you go to bed. You can engage, you know, to increase the likelihood that you will get good sleep at night we're telling people to engage in 30 or more minutes of exercise and physical activity each day. So not only do you have to reduce your stress levels by doing mindfulness meditation, deep breathing, and relaxation exercises uh, before or during the day, definitely try to engage in some physical activity, 30 minutes or more of exercise each day because that will increase your likelihood of falling asleep and getting good sleep. And last but not least, speak with your doctor if changing your sleep habits doesn't help. You know, if you have concerns about your sleep hygiene, you know, insomnia, you can't fall asleep or you can't stay asleep, definitely talk with your physician. Definitely talk with your physician. And in conclusion, diet and exercise are just, you know, we always talk about diet and exercise when we talk about losing weight, but you definitely got to think about getting adequate quality sleep each night, okay? And this will also impact your number on the scale. It will help you to lose weight. You got to establish healthy sleep habits. You got to stick to, you know, how we tell people to stick to a uh, healthy lifestyle habit. Yeah. You got to stick to a healthy sleeping habit. You got to avoid caffeine and alcohol before bed. You got to reduce stress. And all of these can help you lose weight and keep it off. Another thing that we always like to talk about, too, when it comes to good sleep, that is to make sure that you are sleeping on a good mattress, a good quality mattress. so critical. Yes, I just got a new mattress about six weeks ago. My mattress was 30-some years old, so when I went in the store, the guy goes, you need to write a book about that mattress. 
I mean, I had no idea what a good mattress meant. Oh, my God, my sleeping is so much better. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It makes all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference in the world. And so that's why why for folks, I want you to go. I have the link in the, the show notes, but definitely go to our resources page and hit this link, Lay la sleep they have good mattresses to go directly to that website and check it out go to vickidofitness.com forward slash layla sleep because yeah you have to have folks you gotta have a good mattress and they're having a sale now too a summer sale yeah right now but yeah Mm -hmm. that is it about Sleep. Sleep is important for good. weight Somebody management. Really good. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Very good tips. Very good tips. Well, D, you know, this ends our, our show. So what do you say about this? What tips do you have? Well, I, you know, I think that you're, first of all, I had been hearing about this gremlin and leptin issue when they're thinking about making pills, although, you know, pills are never the panacea or never the answer, but uh-huh. I know researchers are working on leptin-related pharmaceuticals to decrease appetite. So I thought that was really interesting about when you're sleep-deprived, your body responds by making more gremlin mm-hmm. and less leptin, and I know they're working on pills to increase people's leptin levels. Is that is that what I want to say? Yes, because, yeah, um, that, that suppresses... More leptin. Yeah, more leptin. Yes. Yes. More left and you need so, to yeah. you need so, to really uh, have you need to really have a balance because they all both of those hormones are important you know you do want to exactly. you do want to be hungry right so yeah. Yeah. yeah but when you when you yeah. eat you want to shut it down now come on now <laughs> yeah yeah exactly 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 <laughs> you know you don't want to be going in making dagwood sandwiches in the refrigerator, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, you don't want that. Uh-uh. Yes. Oh, yeah. So I, I thought that was interesting. And then lastly, you know, just some tips that, you know, we've heard before that, that but, but continue to reiterate. Turn off the television. Turn off your social media. Turn off your phone. Mm-hmm. Get, a, get a bed that's comfortable. And in the evening, again, avoid caffeine and, and large meals with high fat content, which goes back to some of the things that you've talked about. Mm-hmm. Stop eating after 7 o'clock. That's it. That's it. <laughs> you know, just stop eating at 7 o'clock and go to bed or, you know, something like that. So I'm just saying these are all very, very good uh, suggestions. That's it. And yeah. and we yeah, we admonish folks. Yeah. We, as we talk, when we talk about weight management, wellness, and all of that. That's why we talk about total well-being. It's a, what can we say? It's integration of a lot of things that equal right. to good health and well-being. And so getting good quality of sleep is important as well. Right, exactly. And as always, folks, for more information, go to our website, vikidofitness.com. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, or just something to say, tweet us. Email us, go on Facebook, and share with us your thoughts. You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. 
You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com.